Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Russ Cordell. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. This morning, I'll be very honest with you, I, when we were leading up to this program, I really wanted to just give a, a lovely devotion to you folks this morning, just to spend a short amount of time, and then get back to the kids and get to our Connect Fair, and just enjoy your fellowship and and all of those wonderful things. But I woke up Thursday morning, God gave me a very specific message for this moment, very clear, and I began to write my notes and was profoundly impacted by what he had to say both to me, to our church body, and to those that are here that are guests this morning. I have a message for you from the Lord, and I'd love to share that this morning with you. So I'm gonna start in the book of Matthew chapter one, scripture you're very familiar with, you've probably heard if you watch Charlie Brown. Matthew chapter 1, starting at verse 18, says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Jumping down to verse 20, it says, But while he thought on these things, talking about Joseph, now perplexed, his wife is is with child, they've not been together, there's a lot of law, there's a lot of potential issues that could go along with having a young wife who's carrying a child that's not yours and is not anybody else's either. And so he's debating all of these things and thoughts going into his his mind, what do I do? He says, but while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. The name Jesus literally means Jehovah Savior. For he shall save his people from their sins. Now verse 22 says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. We sang that early, Emmanuel, beautiful verse in that song. They'll call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. My message title today is, Why He Came is Our Mission. Why he came is our mission. This church, this body, this group of believers, these awesome staffers that helped me out, this wonderful music director, these great Sunday school teachers. Why he came? Have you ever contemplated that? Well, he came to save his people from their sins. Yes, that's true, but there's so much more to it. Our mission, this church, this body, has a mission based on why he came. And I want to share that with you briefly today. You may have noticed coming into the, to the building this morning, there's a banner hanging across the foyer there and it says, save our city. There's a purpose to that. It's, it's a mission that we have. The mission began on October 17th and we noted all the different cities. You see the signs around the sanctuary here, Economwalk, Delafield, Dousman in Wales, there's others, Town of Summit and so on. Uh, We've listed the number of souls. There are people throughout our community, folks, that are hurting. They're hungry. They're hungry both physically in their bodies and hungry in their spirits. They're lonely. 
They're broken. They're hurting. They're dealing with the, the challenges of the day. They're dealing with the hurts that this world can dish out. Yes, there's brief moments of happiness. There's, con- there's content in all of those things that happen. But deep down inside, lying awake at night, lying in their beds, knowing that they're fearful about tomorrow. What's going to happen with this pandemic? What's going to happen with my finances? Is my husband or my wife going to remain faithful? What's going to happen with my children? And so on and so on. And dealing with these things in the battlefield of their mind. Our Save Our City mission is to take this work and why he came and reach into our community and bring what we have here, the peace and the joy and the love and the family that we found serving God. This isn't religion, folks. This isn't ceremony. We come in here every Sunday and in Wednesday nights and other services, and we truly, from the depth of our hearts, we worship God. We worship a Savior who took people in this room, people sitting in this room that were addicted to alcohol, that were addicted to drugs, that were dealing with depression and dealing with other psychological challenges and dealing with the oppressions of this life, had broken marriages, had broken finances, and gave it all over to God, and they found something powerful and amazing with the blessings of God. Jesus Christ is real. He's alive, and he's here today. And he's blessing these people. And we want to take that, that message of hope, that real message that he brought us on the day of his birth, and we want to carry it into our community. This isn't a church of just community. We're not just getting together every Sunday morning to hear a good message, sing a few songs, and then go about our day as though nothing mattered and life was just what it is. We come here for a purpose. We come here to be enriched. We come here to hear the call of God. This young family that's heading back to Texas, praying earnestly, seeking God's will, they've answered the call of God, and he's gonna bless them for it. This passage that I just uh, read to you fulfills two passages of prophecy in the book of Isaiah. The book of Isaiah, by the way, if you read the book of Isaiah, it's practically a biography of Jesus Christ and his coming. There's a lot in Isaiah about him. In Isaiah chapter 7 and 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. That's the prophecy that Matthew was referring to. In Isaiah 9 and 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. In other words, the responsibility of carrying this forth is on his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful, shall be called Counselor, shall be called the Mighty God, capital G, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. That's who he is. It's important before we know why he came, it's important to know where he came from and who he is. We know that Jesus was born to be our Savior. Everybody knows that. We know that they refer to him as the Savior. The world even does that. But God further speaks to Isaiah in 43 and 11 like this. And look further into Isaiah in 43 and 11. It says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. This is God talking to the prophet Isaiah 2,000 years before the birth of Christ. I'm sorry, 800 years before the birth of Christ. 44 and 6, he says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, I am the last, and beside me there is no God. This is God talking to his prophet Isaiah. In 44 in chapter 8, it says, Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. 
He speaks to Isaiah again in 45, 5 through 6. He says, I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there is none else. You getting it yet? If you jump down to verse 21 and 45, it says, tell ye and bring them near. Yea, let them take counsel together who hath declared from this ancient time. Who hath told it from that time? The question is, have not I the Lord, he says to Isaiah, and there is no God else beside me, a just God, and look what he says, and a savior. There is none beside me. The prophet Hosea Continued as God spoke to Hosea in Hosea 13 and 4. He says, Yet I am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt, and thou shalt know no God but me, for there is no Savior beside me. These are the words of the Lord, and God has asked me to share them with you this morning. You have to know who He is before you understand why He came. He's the Creator, He's the God of the universe. And you know why we know who he is and that who he is today and that he is the Savior? Because in Malachi 3 and 6, he told Malachi, for I am the Lord and I change not. God never changes. He's never changed who he is. He's never modified the plan. He's never morphed it into multiple different plans and passages and ways and different things to come to him. I am the Lord and I change not, he says. In the book of John, look at this carrying forward into the New Testament in John. John, was the, he was the disciple who understood the deity of Christ more than anybody else. He saw who Christ really was in his full deity, and he, and he professed it in the gospel that he wrote in John chapter 1, starting at verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And if you jump down to verse 14, it says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 1 Timothy 3.16, Paul talking to his, his pastor friend, Timothy, that he's, that he's nurtured and mentored and, and set at work. 1 Timothy 3 and 16, he says, and without controversy, he says in the letter, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. That means he became flesh. He robed himself in flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. There's one person that follows that qualification, that follows every bit of that list, and it's our Savior, Jesus Christ. But let's look at Jesus' own words. In Matthew chapter 20 and 28, Jesus said, the Son of Man come, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. This is why he came. Mark chapter 2 and 17, Jesus said, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The Bible tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There ain't one person in this room that can say they're any better than anybody else, including myself. We're not perfect. We're not, we're not pro proclaiming perfection. But what we're claiming is that I come here every week to see if I can seek it and get just a little bit better and get after what God's got for me to do. Because I'm a sinner and I need that redemption. 
And all we're trying to do is share that message. See, the message of a church, the message of a body like this isn't to reach out and judge people and to say, you're a sinner, you're bad, you do this, you do, etc. No, the message is, is that we know from our personal experience, we know from life that living a life of sin without God in it brings a whole lot of challenges and a lot of problems. It wasn't working. I got tired of doing it the, 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 my way and I just said, okay, God, it's yours. I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna do it his way. And all we're doing as a church, as a body, reaching out into these communities and say, listen, friend, dear friend, brother and sister, or neighbor, I know what it is to live that life and, and live like that where, where, where the sin and all the things that we do wrong are displeasing to God. We weren't built that way. We weren't supposed to do those things and I know how it affects. I know the terrible things it does and I want to give you some hope. I want to show you how I've got out of that life. I want to show you I was able to find refreshing and redemption and joy and peace in my life. It's not a judgment. It's, it's, it's a reaching out. It's not a judgment. It's a compelling come and find what we found. We're no better than anybody else, but boy, we sure want to share the one who is. Amen? The book of John gives us an incredible sighting of Jesus' words. In John 6 and 51, Jesus says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. See, he came for a promise of eternal life. In John 6 and 51, I am the living, excuse me, in 12 and 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Folks, you know as well as I do that we live in a world that's abundant of darkness. There's fear, there's challenges, there's there's political unrest, there's mistrust, there's a pandemic, there's hate, there's anger, and there's burning and violence and and riots and all of these things that are happening. You know the people that were involved in all of those things, they're just, they're just living in fear. They're scared. They're afraid their world is coming apart. We can't judge and hate the people that burned down buildings and got involved in that stuff. They're operating in the flesh. They're operating in the spirit of the world. The only way they know how to operate And so this church does not judge them. This church doesn't look out at the world and say, oh, shame on you, we're better than you, we've got God in our back pocket. This church rises above that. We look out at these people that are hurting and say, they've gotta be tearing buildings down and rioting and and doing all these things because they're terrified, because they don't know what their future is and the future of their children. The public school systems are falling apart and failing them. They're terribly afraid of this pandemic and who's gonna take care of them? Are they gonna have health care? What's gonna happen going forward with this administration? All of those things are played them and so they're reacting in the only way that they know how this church wants to be in a a a strong tower a safe place an asylum for those people who desperately need something to give them answers and I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus Christ is the answer as much as the world has maligned his name as much as the world has made fun of churches as much as some church organizations have turned church into business and turned it into religion and turned it into things that are not what church was meant to be I want to tell you that the mission of Christ is our mission why he came is why we are here we are not religion we are not a church just to be a country club or just to be better than somebody else or just to prove that we're doing something greater than someone we're a church that desperately cares for souls that are lost and wandering because we've got a message of hope from Jesus. 
Look further in the Gospel of John. I'll just go through it very quickly. Jesus says, I'm the door of the sheep. You understand what that means? It means that all of us are sheep. We're all just wandering in the wilderness, all in the pastures. He's the door. He's the direction, the way. He says, I'm, I am come further in John. He says, I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He's talking about that eternal life and blessings while you're here. I'm the good shepherd, he says. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. In other words, no matter what's happening for you, he died on a cross for you so that you can have that eternal life. I am the resurrection and the life, he says. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, shall live. I am the way, the truth, and the life, he says. You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. We're happy to proclaim Jesus as the master. We're happy to lift him up. I'm happy to say, God, you are, you are my master, and I'm the servant. The Bible tells us that someday every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You can count on it. Folks, you know what? On that day, I'd rather be willfully on my knees saying, yep, you are the master. You've always been my master. You're always going to be my master. I do not want to be that person who's standing before the Lord and is forced to their knees. We serve God willfully because of who he is and for his call and for what he's done and the blessings we've received and the escape of the prison of bondage. I'm closing right now, but I want to talk to you about this church just a little bit more. In Ephesians 2 and 19, the apostle Paul speaks to the church of that day. He says in verse 19, now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Folks, this church is of the household of God. And you are no longer strangers to us, you guests that have come here today. You're not foreigners. We don't turn away from you, but you're fellow citizens, and you can be fellow citizens. He says, you're of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. You know why we're called an apostolic church? It's from the word apostles. It's from that scripture right there. We are of the teaching of the apostles of that building, and Jesus Christ is our chief cornerstone. That's what being an apostolic church means. He taught them. He gave them everything. He was there with them personally. They took him on. He, they became who he was. And we're striving every day to become who he is. Finally, Jesus explains his mission. And you can stand with me this morning. We're going to wrap up with the young ones are going to come up and sing one more song with us. Jesus explains his mission in Luke chapter 4 and 18. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me, one, to preach the gospel to the poor. That doesn't mean people without money. It means people that are down, people that are low, people that are hurting. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. This is our mission. Share the gospel, the good news to the downtrodden. Heal the brokenhearted people that are around us in our communities. Preach deliverance from life's many prisons and bondage to help those who love excuse me, who've lost their way, to free people who are afflicted and challenged. We invite you to join us. We need help. There are so many out there that are hurting. 
So many out there that need a true church, that need a true relationship with God, not just religion, not just ceremony, but a true experience with God. So many are hurting. You're invited to come and check us out and consider joining our mission, The Reason He Came. Please stay. Stay and enjoy our connect group. Find out what we're doing with those connect groups. We're just relationship building. That's all it is, folks. We're reaching out to folks that might have a similar hobby or a similar interest or something that they enjoy. We're not preaching at them. We're not bending the Bible over them. We're not thumping. We're just building relationships. People need relationships. They need people they can trust and that look out for them and love them. That's what connect groups are all about. And we're reaching into our community. 2022, like never before, we're going to put it out there. Secondarily, we have something we call life groups. Our life groups are more designed for specific needs, people dealing with addictions and challenges and hurts and heartaches, marriage, divorce, blended families, and Grief Share, which is a great program designed to help people that are suffering from loss and death. Oh my goodness, I bet there's not one person in here who has not known someone we've lost to COVID-19. In 2022, we're taking these initiatives forward and we're gonna do everything we can to reach people that are hurting and lonely. The suicide rate in the last 10 years amongst young people is up 50%. Suicides across the board are up because of the the confinement and all the things that came along with the COVID-19 pandemic. But folks, I don't wanna end on a sour note. I wanna end on a great note because we're reaching people and we're helping them find a way and we're turning the light on and we're showing them who Jesus Christ is and why he came. Why he came is our mission. Consider joining us. Talk to us. Give us a call. Be a part of our groups. Come back and say hi. Talk with the pastor. That's me. There's a lot of joy to be had in setting aside our own issues and reaching out into our community and helping those that are desperately needed. Amen? All right. With that note, let's have our young ones come up. They want to sing a little song for you, and then we'll break for our Connect Fair. By the way, if I didn't mention it again, there's coffee and treats out there and hot chocolate. Stick around and fellowship a little bit. And give these guys a great big hand, will you? Amen. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and we'll continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.